The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Mariana Acuna Costa, who is the Chief Product Officer and Co-Founder at Opaque Studios. Hi, Mariana. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Kathleen and Ron. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, welcome, and thanks for joining us. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Opaque Studios. Sure. At Opaque Studios, we build tools for virtual production where we're leveraging the latest technologies in VR, MR, AR, all the arts, and of course, AI for the next generation of filmmakers. And before Opaque, I used to work at The Foundry, which is a software development company for the entertainment industries, and they are the makers of Nook. And before that, I used to work as a visual effects supervisor on set and as a senior compositor for feature films. So I did my switch into tech and software with The Foundry and then co-founded Opaque Studios. Well, great. So I know that we've been chatting and we're very interested and very excited about the use of technology and what in the film industry and entertainment industry and just in general what's happening on the content creation side. And I know that you've been very involved with a range of technologies and you're doing a variety of things on content creation. Some of these things that are, are things that we think are really cool that we don't specifically focus on, but we know are really cool, like around augmented reality and virtual reality and all that sort of great stuff, what's happening, computer graphics and animation, all that sort of stuff. But you're doing a lot of things also to leverage artificial intelligence. So can you tell us about some of the tools you're using and maybe even some insights into what's happening with those tools that you're using to leverage artificial intelligence technology? Oh, absolutely. I'll start off with the tools that we're making and how we're leveraging AI. So first off, there's Favor, which is a markerless facial performance cover for facial capture. And it uses deep learning to track the features of the face. And these features are usually known as landmarks. And that's the input. And then the solver looks at the movement patterns of these landmarks and it determines to what extent the user is blinking their right eye or opening the jaw. And then what the solver does is just spits out like a shape point, like with certain values. So for example, it will know if the right blink shape point means the right eye of the person is mostly closed or mostly open. And AI is especially useful for facial animation because the solver recognizes the pattern made by the landmark. And then animators can use that data to drive a facial ray. And this drives actual deformation of a face geometry and other inputs where you can put like wrinkle maps and so on. So you can really go really deep, do a deep dive on facial performance. Then we have a project Mayfly, which is our real-time keying and compositing solution. And the first part, the chroma keying part, is one of those really labor-intensive and still really difficult to perform tasks in visual effects, and therefore is very ripe for AI. And for people in the audience that don't know, when you're, you know, shoot now in this day and age, everything is shot either on a green screen for the most part, or a blue screen. And then, of course, there's a manual labor involved for an artist to remove this green screen or this blue screen. But it sounds easy, but it's actually still a really difficult, really difficult task uh, for artists to do in, you know, like fast and really, really well. So what we're doing is based on this Project Mayfly, our AI-assisted tool for automatic keying is what we're doing is we're training the model for 
AI image processing, and we're using intermediate data from real-time rendering pipelines from game engines. This way, we're generating like practically an infinite amount of label training data because you have procedurally generated data. You put in like green screens or blue screens, which are never perfect, and then you can put any arbitrary background, and then the output is a pixel-perfect match, which is something really difficult to do today if you're an artist doing it with a traditional method. And an example of this, like a simplified version of this, if uh, anybody in your audience has seen it, or you guys, is Adobe's AI clock, which is basically just cutting out any object in the foreground against any arbitrary background, which between what we're doing and seeing what Adobe is doing, my only thoughts are like, geez, where were these tools when I was working in film? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then the second part of Project Mayfly is we're doing deep compositing. So what this is, is usually when you do compositing, this is when you put the simplest way to describe it is a foreground, which it could be these characters that you remove the green or the blue screen over a background. So very simplified way of describing it is just a very simple approach, traditional 2D approach of overlaying A over B, right? But deep compositing is something where it's a 3D approach, where you know the position of every pixel in the scene in space. So you know where every pixel lives in X, Y, and the Z axis. So you know the depth of every pixel inside the scene. So what this allows you to do is, you know, objects know exactly how to correctly occlude each other. And it really simplifies the process of working on complex scenes. Mm-hmm. Think like Planet of the Apes, Life of Pi, right? With all the waves and all like rain and flashes and everything that's going on, right? All these different mm-hmm. like, you know, lighting changes with the lighting, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of semi-transparent pixels in the case of Planet of the Apes. And also in the Life of Pi, like there's a lot of fur. So it's very dynamic scenes. There's a lot going on. So if you do that, through a traditional approach, it will take you so much time that if it weren't for deep compositing, probably the artists doing those films would still be working on them, right? So even though it's a very efficient way of working, a lot of studios never adopted this approach with current solutions out there in the market because it's really operationally challenging because of the size of your images, the rendering time, the performance hit on your pipeline. Like it's never ending. So even though it saves a lot of time and it is way easier, you can't really adopt it if you're like a small to medium studio. So what we're doing with Project Mayfly is we're doing AI depth estimation using size, so single image depth estimation. And this really simplifies the process. So it's generating depth from a single image, like the name implies, and it's not using any other input. So no cameras, it's not doing a 2D track and then kind of figuring out where the parallax is. So for us, like, AI-based approaches to side is very much on the cutting edge, but it's not being used for entertainment, but it's how it's used for self-driving cars, where you have the ability to infer the 3D position of objects, right, without sonar or laser, and that's very desirable. So that's our approach to doing deep compositing with our tools. So we implemented real-time side, and this you can do deep compositing inside the game engine and with live action, but it really has like no technical or operational burden. So we're, yeah, we're very, very excited about this because we believe that this opens up like a lot of new creative avenues and, you know, that were previously unexplored for practical reasons. And we're very excited with the results. My co-founder is in China right now doing a test shoot with Project Mayfly on like a very big project. And I'm happy to report it's going very well. Oh, that's wow. great to hear. 
And these are some pretty cool use cases. Now, you had mentioned something about how this saves a lot of time. Do you have, you know, a rough estimate of how much time this actually saves? Oh, yes. So, for example, a shot like, let me think about a shot. Okay, so everybody probably saw Life of Fly, right? So, when he's on the boat and there's like all the waves are splashing around and that simulation, right? Like those, like the tiger is for the tiger's computer generated. Then you have to go with the boy. You have to go in between the virtual double and the actual actor. You have to go back and forth. And then you have all the water simulations. And then on top of that, you have all this effects process that make up the bulk of like the waves and the splashes and, you know, the foam, everything that happens on the water, right? So if you're doing a traditional approach, if you're doing that one shot, even if it's five to 10 seconds long, it'll probably take you around two to three months to finish that shot with a traditional approach. With deep compositing, you can finish the shot in around a week. And a week, I'm talking about also having revision because when you talk about the bulk of how long a shot is from start to finish, you also have to take into account all the changes that are being asked from you from the director or the visual supervisor, the CG supervisor, where you might need to do, you know, change the animation, change the simulations to make the waves like scarier or not as dense and whatnot, right? So if you're going from three months to a week, that's, you know, you're not only saving time, but you're saving a lot of money also on artist costs, which then they can go into other shots or other shows. Yeah, yeah, no, that's an incredible amount of time saved. So I know that you've been in the film industry for a while and you did provide some great use cases about how you guys are helping, but how have you seen the film industry in general transform with these AI technologies? And then if you could provide some use cases on how you've seen that transformation. Oh, yeah, a great example, I'm going to go back to facial motion capture, is how Digital Domain does their AI face rig for digital humans. I mean, their core of their system, like they drive a solver, like, yeah, very high number of landmarks and 3D scan geometry. I don't like it, you know, I'm simplifying it because, of course, it's a lot more sophisticated than that. But they've been perfecting it since the curious case of Benjamin Button days, right? Like Brad Pitt, and he goes to being really old to being really young. And to now, how they've achieved a level of realism that's incredible, like with Thanos' performance in Avengers Infinity War. And I think I'm saying it right. I always have problems saying Thanos with my accent. I think it's Thanos. <laughs> and visual effects, really, is a great example of how AI is transforming the industry because all the boring and labor-intensive tasks can then be done by the system. And then the really creative part are done by humans because in this case like digital domain really has perfected their system however it's really josh brolin's performance which is driving it right without his performance it wouldn't be as great as it is another use case is disney for example is using tools for quality prediction to figure out which stories would have more appeal to viewers so it's a new type of focus group so like traditionally right like you would do focus groups in person etc but now it's a very like netflix approach on predicting what type of stories or what type of movies viewers are more likely to see than others. And then they go with that to actually, you know, do this either animation, series or movies and or short films, etc. And then of course you have scheduling, budgeting, editing. It like editorial is really taking a, a full on transformation when it comes to AI script writing, visual prototyping, visual effects in the cloud, rendering, image processing, tracking, denoising, rotoscoping. So I don't know, just as machine learning has really advanced facial animation, the same is happening for production workflows. And I feel like every part of the same industry is being disrupted or transformed by 
artificial intelligence and besides being more productive, efficient and lowering costs, saving time, etc. To me, really, what it's doing for the creative possibilities that lay beyond. And that is something that really excites me and how storytelling will change and like mm -hmm. the new ways of creating content, like new narratives and what artificial intelligence is going to do as a creative partner. Yeah, I think this is definitely very interesting. I mean, we're definitely seeing AI being applied in all these different ways. And of course, you know, AI as sort of an umbrella term, a lot of people think maybe about the specific technologies because some of the stuff we were talking about here was around computer vision and image recognition and some of it around natural language processing and natural language generation and just all those things. So even though all the examples you provided, because I know we asked you, are focused in the entertainment industry and in that sort of content, I think these things can be applied more broadly. In what ways do you think maybe some other industries, perhaps like in the news and journalism, maybe the other, other sort of content producing industries like that, or maybe even your typical company and maybe what they're doing in terms of marketing or, you know, even in retail, which is all about, you know, creating compelling copy and great descriptions for content. Do you think that some, maybe some of the things that you're doing that even though they apply to visual effects and script generation and understanding plot lines and that sort of stuff, you know, do you think that could be applied to some of these other industries so for our listeners who may be in these other industries? What do you think they could pick up from some of that? Oh, absolutely. But you know what's funny? It's usually the other way around. If other industries adopt it first, and then it comes back to content creation or to entertainment. And like, I can give you a great example. Like a lot of technologies in, that are used in visual effects in the software for visual effects come from like the military or like automotive or design, even like data management. So we usually kind of like, we're not like the drivers <laughs> of these technologies, which are usually adopted by real estate or law firms and health. And automotive is, is a great example because just as I was saying, telling to you guys how we're doing our approach based on how self-driving cars are being trained. And that's how we're using our approach for deep compositing. So the same is happening now where there's like a lot of storytellers using that same technology, but using like a self-driving car as a stage. So yeah, it's the other way around. It's like whatever happens in health or law or journalism or the military even, then we can are like, oh, this could be really great for our workflows. This could be really great for like, you know, content creation, for script writing and whatnot. So it's, it's kind of like the other way around. We're not the first to like drive the technology, but we just adopt it and change it, change it around, make it useful. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. That's funny how like things kind of contribute to each other. What might be inspiring from one industry to create a, something in another industry, then that gets turned around and gets applied back to another industry. I, I think that's great. That's why we really like these case studies. And also the other reason why we like interviewing folks like you, because it sort of triggers things. People are like, oh, I didn't realize that this technology could be used in this way. And even though the specific industry and use case may not be relevant to say banking or insurance or manufacturing, the way that you're using it is, I think that's great. So yeah, that's why we do these podcasts. <laughs> so, I you on them. so I guess just a final note, I mean, where do you see the future of artificial intelligence, you know, going? The future of it, not just applied to the industry, but just in general and its application to corporations and beyond. Well, you know, I believe that AI, of course, like I mentioned before, is going to make us, and as you were saying, not only the entertainment industry, but it's going to transform every other industry. It's going to touch every industry for sure and make us more efficient and more productive and lower cost for corporations. And of course, like all the changes that lay ahead, I feel in design, visualization, hospitality, which, you know, we, we didn't touch on that, but the hospitality industry is really going through like a transformation phase with like robots bringing you, you know, food instead of a human and whatnot. And you have health and law, automotive, and of course, content creation, visual effects. However, 
the feature I'm more excited about is based on Joseph Allen, which I hope I'm saying his last name right, his concept of humanics in which machines work alongside humans, making us thrive more as human beings with lifelong learning opportunities. And so the future I see is one where we become more humane and one in which artificial intelligence is not only used for corporate profit and data harvesting, but it is also used for the betterment of the planet and our species. One where we can clean the oceans more efficiently, maybe take better eating decisions, one that maybe, you know, senior citizens are not as lonely, and make a more sustainable future for ourselves. My hope is that our future is not like a black mirror one, but one with the aid of machines, we become more human and we become better into being human. Well, great. Well, that's awesome. I think that we're all paying a lot of attention to artificial intelligence and machine learning. We all want to make sure that the human doesn't sort of leave the system. But at the same time, as one of the consultants once famously said, you want to really take the robot out of the human so that you can free us to do things that we're really good at. So that's great. So really, Mariana, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciate you participating. Well, thank you, guys. And can I ask you guys a question? Of course. What do you guys believe is the future of artificial intelligence? Ah, what is the well. future you guys, you guys <laughs> predict? Well, you know, that is what we do in all of our writing. And I'm glad you bring that up. So we write a lot on this subject. We speak a lot on this subject. We do a lot of infographics and white papers. And of course, this podcast series. And, and for those who are participating in our training, you hear a lot about that. But we actually crafted the vision of what we call the AI-enabled future, which is a four-part vision of how we see AI and machine learning impacting a wide range of things, not just the future of AI is applied to, say, the organization, what's called the AI-enhanced organization, which is about businesses and corporations and agencies using AI to enhance the way that they do work, but also the enhanced human, basically giving us greater potential for doing more things, the idea of autonomous everything, things basically being able to operate in an autonomous way that they weren't able to before. We talk about cars and vehicles, but there's lots of other things that can operate autonomously. And of course, the idea of pervasive knowledge, which are basically systems that we sort of move up that so-called D-I-K-U-W pyramid, moving from just having data and information to having greater pervasive knowledge and understanding. So we have that multi-part vision. I don't want to take all this under here. So Kathleen, you wanted to sort of add more to kind of like how we share our vision and insights for AI in the future? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And definitely I'll post our AI-enabled future in the show notes as well in case anybody wants to take a deeper look. But like yes. I said, we think that it's going to change you know, society in general, the way that we work, the way that we interact with each other, the way that we travel, the way that, you know, we live just in general. Like Grant said, you know, one of the four parts is pervasive knowledge so that people will now expect that systems and companies and organizations know everything about you and that they're really marketing to one instead of marketing to buckets and many. The AI-enhanced organization is going to change you know, the way that we do business. We always say that AI is not a job killer, but it's a job category killer. And I think that we're going to continue to see that as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to enhance wow. for all human experience. Oh, yeah. Well, I really like the that podcast. concept of human hand. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, our visions are aligned. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciated you on this podcast. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts that we discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes.
Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.